welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. I am so happy to have you here. Welcome. Thank you for being here. And if you are a new listener, thank you so much for finding your way to this podcast. If you are a recurring listener, thank you for being part of the tribe. We are thrilled to have you here. We are thrilled regardless if it's your first time or your 91st time listening to this show. I truly cannot believe this is the 91st episode of Soul on Fire. It kind of feels like I started the podcast yesterday and in many ways, it also feels like it's been a part of my life and my brand for a long time. So the fact that it's kind of right there in the middle is awesome. So thank you so much for being here. And we have today's guest who I'm just thrilled, 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 thrilled to have back on the show for what I think is her fifth time being our guest, Rachel Mansfield. She is someone who you probably know for a host of reasons, either because you've heard her on the podcast, being a fabulous co-host, or because you're familiar with her wildly successful food blog, Rachel Mansfield, which can be found at rachelmansfield.com and Rachel Mansfield on Instagram. So if you haven't heard of Rachel and this is your first time, then you're in luck because we go deep into conversation. We learn a lot about her in this episode and... This episode is definitely more of a conversation than an interview. We just chit-chatted a lot and sometimes I find myself thinking, oh my gosh, I need to talk less and let my guest speak more because she has so much to say. But when you have one of your closest friends on the podcast, it really becomes very conversational. And that's something I do love about this show and many of the other shows that I listen to. So you still get to learn a lot about her. We talked for a long time. She's amazing. And a few things that we discussed in today's show where we followed up with each other about some intentions that we had both set because I had her on for the first episode of this year, January 2018. We talked about our intentions for the year. And then uh, this is a little bit of a check-in of intentions for June moving forward. So if you follow me on Instagram, you know I like to set intentions at the beginning of every month and also with full moons and new moons and really just flow with the cycles and seasons of life. So I happened to do that with June and I told Rachel to set some intentions as well so that we could talk about them together. And she did. And of course, only Rachel would come up with 10 in like the blink of an eye and write them all down in a very organized fashion. So we share those with you. We also have a conversation about eating disorders and recovering from disordered eating habits that we both have suffered from in the past. I've gotten a lot of questions about how I could embark on a water fast with having a history of eating disorders. And my answer is that I have a lot of incredible supportive people in my life, Rachel being one of them to just keep me in check and talk to, talk me through things. So we really talk about that in this episode and I'm excited for you guys to dive into that eating disorder conversation with us. And yeah, the conversation really just led itself. I had to keep 
bringing us back to our intentions because we just took off in all sorts of directions. So I'm very excited to hear what you guys think. Uh, It was a really, really fun episode to record. Really just was like two besties catching up over the phone is how it felt or over Skype. We were, we could see each other. So yeah, let us know what you think. And we have some fun, like interactive asks during this podcast having to do with commenting specific emojis on our Instagrams, uh, which we get into in the podcast. I won't give it away now, but we have one emoji that we would like you guys to use to interact with us to wish Rachel a happy belated birthday this week. And then we have a second emoji to... um, encourage you to let us know whether you would like for Jordan Carpenter, who's Rachel's husband, and Jonathan Albrecht, who is my amazing boyfriend, to join us in a double date edition of the podcast. So if you do, we have an emoji that we want you to use in the comments of both of our Instagrams and It'll just be fun because we'll be able to trace it back to this show and know that you guys listened and that you would like for us to have that conversation. I, for one, think it would be really fun given that they are both in such different industries than Rachel and myself. And I do think it takes a very strong and particular and very sweet and loving type of man to date a blogger because we share a lot of our lives on the internet and that's not easy. I mean, I've been in relationships where that has been a deal breaker. So Jordan Carpenter and Jonathan Albrecht, they they know what's up. And I mean, I do feel that Rachel has found her perfect partner in her husband and I feel very much like I have with Jonathan. So yeah, let us know if you want to hear the couples edition podcast. We would absolutely love to do it. So in other news, join the Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook to stay up to date with what's up with the podcast and to interact with myself and with Rachel. She's she's in the group. So if you have questions for her after this episode, you can tag her, tag me so that we see it and we would be happy to answer your questions. And we really just love, I love that our tribe is such an interactive community. It makes podcasting so much more fun because we're not just talking in the space. We're talking to you guys. We love you guys. And beyond that, if you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, I would absolutely be so grateful. It's incredibly helpful on my end. And I've been putting together a little gift basket to send out to someone this week. I'll choose a winner by the end of next week. No, Wednesday to Wednesday. So next Wednesday, I'll choose a winner, um, somebody to receive a gift basket of a bunch of my favorite products, favorite books, favorite healthy food brands, someone who takes the time to rate and review the podcast and send me a screenshot to jordan at thebalancedblonde.com. So thank you for taking the time to do that. If you do, if you don't, I'm just happy to have you listening. So no problems there. And before we dive into this episode with Rachel, I would like to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Omax 3 Ultra Pure. And they are the purest omega-3 supplement on the market. They contacted me about sponsoring the podcast and I was 
quite overjoyed, I must say, because as a plant-based person myself, I feel that I don't get enough omega-3s in my diet. And then I also learned through chatting with this incredible brand that 75% of people don't get enough omega-3s in their diet. So three out of four of people listening, including myself, don't get enough omega-3s. And they're very, very important for our health for lots of reasons. But before I tell you why, I would like for you to know about this incredible deal, which is that if you go to tryomax.com slash blonde, you will get a box for free of these amazing omega-3 supplements. Again, that's tryomax.com slash blonde for a completely free box. And we'll put that link in the show notes. So if you're driving, you can look at it later and it'll be easy. Um, So a few interesting things about omega-3s and why they are so good for us. Number one, they alleviate joint pain and muscle soreness and they make us feel our best, especially post-workout. So with my intention, which you'll learn about in this episode, of just choosing to live with joy and live my best life and put my best foot forward and not let my health issues take over my life and isolate me as I have let them do in the past, I need to feel my best. So the fact that this incredible Omax 3 supplement helps alleviate pain, make you feel your best, makes it right up my alley and lots of your alleys as well, since the Soul on Fire life is all about living that healthy, happy, soul on fire kind of lifestyle. They can also improve focus and memory, boost cardiovascular health, and they can lower triglycerides. And something I learned about myself at True North when I was water fasting is that I had high triglycerides, which is fats in the blood. And I think that's maybe because I have absorption issues, but it's not a good thing. So I'm banking on this supplement lowering my triglycerides, and I will let you guys know once I get tested again if that is the case. So Omax 3 is the purest option on the market, literally 94% pure, which is incredible. So no matter if you're an athlete, a student, a busy parent, a working professional, anyone can benefit from this amazing supplement. So to try it, go to tryomax.com slash blonde to get a free box. That is T-R-Y-O-M-A-X dot com slash B-L-O-N-D-E for a completely free box. Very excited for you guys to try. Terms and conditions do apply. So head over, check it out, do the awesome thing. Tell me what you think of the supplements. And without further ado, let's head into this episode with the amazing Rachel Mansfield. Rachel, I'm so happy that you're here. <laughs> I know I know you're laughing at me because we've already tried to, to start the intro and we've been talking for a while slash all day slash every day. So it's funny to be like, okay, hey, but I'm so excited that we're doing this and kind of just catching up via the podcast as we love to do. So... 
I thought that it would be fun, first of all, for everybody to know that when this comes out, it's the week of your birthday. So your birthday will have passed, but I think everybody listening should go to Rachel's Instagram, wish her a happy belated birthday and do so. We should come up with a specific emoji that's based off of people who listen to this podcast so we can tell them apart from all the other birthday messages. Which emoji? Birthday girl. I always like the 100 with the big line. It's literally my most used. I love that. Okay. So everybody listening... Go to Rachel's Instagram, which will be linked in the show notes. Do a little hundred and you don't even have to say anything else because we will know what you're talking about. And it's just, it's always fun to, to watch that kind of thing go down. So it's your birthday week. Yes. My Gemini soul sister. I know. I feel so old. We're only the same age for another three days. I know. And then I'm 28. But then I catch up to you in four months and October will come fast. I know. And you'll be here. I'll be there. I'm so excited. Oh, I haven't even told you. So Jonathan just out of the blue a couple of days ago said, I think we should drink on your birthday with Gordon <laughs> and Rachel. So <laughs> I know, but we had, neither of us have had a sip of alcohol this whole 2018. Oh my God, him too. You guys are crazy. I know. So the fact that he said we should drink with Rachel and Jordan in New York on your birthday, I was like, she's going to be so excited. And I think it has to happen. When we went to Gracias Madre with the four of us and you were like, I'm not going to drink. And I was like, I'll take on the rocks you're like okay I'll get a drink (laughs) yeah that was the last time that I had tequila I think but it was fun and there are certain certain situations and certain people who I don't who I like to drink with but there are so many situations where it just doesn't sound appealing I know I have to be in the mood and like I'm not a big drinker but like I also like do drink like at weddings or like out to dinner, but on a random Wednesday, like I'm not going to be like having a cocktail as I'm making <laughs> dinner. And as many people do. Totally. A lot of people do. People like to cook with the cocktail, like my parents every single mm-hmm. night, bartending. And my in-laws. And like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just would rather eat like, three cookies then have like three cocktails and I just don't like being hungover because I can always feel it that's the worst ever and like for me wine makes me really hungover but when I go to Europe in July I'm sure I'm gonna have wine and see like what happens because like when in Rome like I want to like do what they do that's the place Um, to do it Exactly. And I'm going to have like gluten for the first time in two years. Besides when I have like sprouted spelt flour all the time, which is like fancy gluten. I'm so excited. That's so, so exciting. I keep forgetting that you're going on that trip. I'm so jealous. I'm going on for two weeks. It's the longest trip that I'm going to be taking away from work ever. That's going to be so good for you. 
I cannot. It's going to be mental stress release in so many ways. It's going to feel incredible. And you're going to come back recharged and ready to take on the world. I know. I'm really excited. And it's with my mom, my dad, my Jord, my other Jord. Hmm. And my manuscript for my book is due September 1st. Oh my God. And it's my goal to have it to my editor by July 1st before I leave. So that's going to feel amazing. Super super (laughs) ambitious to turn in a manuscript a month early, two months early. Two months early. This is why we're completely opposites. And this is why we get along so well. I think I pushed my deadline for my book back by like six months. Oh my God. (laughs) No, Potter keeps a very like solid timeline. Like everything tight ship. I think that's probably a testament to my publishing company. They were just like, do what you want. Kind of. I don't think they were that happy about it, but... I had the reins. Now I do like anything they want me to do. I'm like, okay, sounds good. I don't know anything about publishing or books or it's my first time. So I'm kind of like, whatever you guys say, like I'm here to do. Well, I'm so excited for your book. I better get one of the first galley copies and I can't wait to see it. Thanks. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we should start the episode by talking about our intentions for the month of June, which I so slyly texted you about just to let you know that we were going to talk intentions today because I feel super inspired and just charged up to live this month and kind of this whole season as we go into the summer, summer solstice coming right up in just kind of a different way because I, for one, had such a rough just entry into this year and a really challenging first six months of this year, which was not expected and has thrown me for a huge loop. So I think I'm just taking the control back starting starting now, which by the time this comes out, first week of June, tell us some of your intentions. Well, thank you for telling me one hour ago that I needed to have <laughs> I know. She's like, I can't do that, Jordan. It's too soon. I have, because I had conference calls from like then until now. So I did them when I was on the phone. So, but I actually, oh, I have 10. So like, oh my God. See, you're just an overachiever. It's no, perfect. I just have a lot of thoughts. Okay, good. Um, but none of them are really like formalized or like anything crazy. And I actually haven't even read this over since when I was like typing it quickly. So this is very raw and like uncurated almost these intentions. That's what we like. And I wish I had my notebook that I had from our, my last intentions from January or December. Yeah. I don't, but they're definitely going to be pretty similar. And the first one is to slow down and don't rush to things. It's okay to be late. I feel like living in the city, I'm always rushing. And sometimes I catch myself rushing for no reason. Like I need to just breathe in, slow down. And like, I'll get there when I get there. I'll do it when I do it. And just like not have so much urgency for everything, which is like probably what most people are trying to not to do, but I need to kind of slow down in that aspect. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think that'll be very good for you because living in the city, it's so easy to soak in that energy of just a lot of people acting like every single meeting, every workout, every situation is the most important situation. And it's very punctual and it can get a little stressful. Very stressful. The only thing that needs to be punctual about still is getting to the class on time so I can Mm, get my spot. For sure. Because I didn't get my spot last week and I had like an anxiety attack. Where is your spot? Um, well, now thank you for asking, um, in the room, <laughs> Just so people all, know. <laughs> where if you're like behind the instructor, it's to the left in the front row, like anywhere to the left in the front row of the instructor is my favorite because I like, feel like I have the most personal space there. Like no one's in my way. I don't mean in a vain way, but like, I'd like to have access to the mirror. Like I don't want people blocking me for sure. Um, I just feel like good about that area. And it's also next to their like beautiful succulents and by the window. And I just feel really nice over there. I like that. I definitely have my spot in yoga core power. I also do not like to be blocked by the mirror or I don't like to be blocked with somebody in front of me with access to the mirror because definitely not in a vain way. It's just, you like to see the movements and how you can improve. Exactly. So, and also I went to Core Power, the one in New York, and I really liked it a lot. Okay. This is music to my ears. We can go together next time I'm in the city in October. We'll come too. So we can do that. Yeah. Jordan's our yogi. Oh my, he's doing headstands. He's wild. Oh my God. You have to send me a video, another video. I think I've seen one video. But I need to see his improvements. He's getting really good. Every time when he comes home, he runs to our bedroom, gets unchanged. And then all of a sudden I hear like, like his feet waving. And I'm like, Jordan, I'm trying to eat dinner. Like, can you join me? He's like, one sec. It's like my child. Oh my God. Playing with their friend. I love him so much. That makes me so happy. You guys getting into the yoga life is just my favorite thing. Thanks. Yeah, we go like at least once a week together, which has been really nice to still to the place that's two blocks from our apartment. And they also have candlelit meditation, which is one of my intentions also for June is to go to at least two candlelit meditations a week because it's guided. And I have found that like guided meditation is so much better for me than just like sitting cross-legged in my bedroom, like on the floor doing that. Like I need someone to tell me what to do. Um, and having a different atmosphere has been so nice. So I've been going Mondays and Wednesdays. I love that. I love how it goes hand in hand with your first intention, which is also just about slowing down and meditation can help with that so much. It does. Do you meditate? I do. I, well, Jonathan is a very dedicated meditator and we kind of like, we've, we kind of just got each other into it. I would say, because I've always liked it. It's been hard for me because my mind just goes so quickly, just like everyone, I'm sure listening and every, everybody out there. But I've also always been so into yoga that I've seen the benefits I've experienced the benefits 
So when we're together, which has not been for the last month, but mostly every day of our lives when we're together, uh, we meditate in the morning for like 10 to 15 minutes and before we go to bed for 10 to 15 minutes. And it changes everything. And I also just read this book that was actually sent to me by um, someone who listens to this podcast. Her name's Nicole. She sent it to me when I was at True North. And it's called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. And he also wrote The Untethered Soul, which is my favorite book of all time. And he writes about just the life-changing power of meditation and um, surrender, just surrendering to the flow of the universe and everything that that means. So I just finished the surrender experiment. It's kind of his autobiography of just this life that's dedicated to surrendering to the flow. And it's incredible to see what what happens when somebody lives a life where they just detach themselves from rigidity and things that we believe that we have to do? I could seriously just give a whole expose on the book, but you should read it and everybody listening should read it. We'll put the link in the show notes, um, which brings me to one of my intentions. I feel like we can just bounce back and forth with our intentions, um, which is to practice surrender. So, cause I get so attached to things like attached to the idea of me being a reflector in human design, which I totally am. And it characterizes me a lot, but I attach myself to that. So I was telling myself stories like, well, you can't have a routine because you're a reflector. So as much as like you need and crave structure, you shouldn't have structure because you'll mess it up because you're a reflector and that'll be stressful and you'll feel guilty. So just like go with the flow of life. But um, Jonathan pointed out to me a couple of days ago because I had been telling him in this burst of inspiration from reading the book, like, I want to have a routine. I want to wake up at 7.30 every single day and go oh on it. go on a jog with him every, you know, not every morning, but like set some kind of structure where we go on these jogs together. Cause before we ever dated, he was like a running coach to me. So it's fun to go back to that and go to yoga at nine 30 and like not check my phone until whatever, nine o'clock each day, not start working until 11. And I was so gung ho about it. And then he brought it up a couple of days ago and I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm a reflector. I don't want structure that stresses me out. And he pointed out to me that the art of surrender is all about detaching ourselves from those labels that we put on ourselves. And he was basically like, aren't you about not having labels? And I was like, yes. And I was getting frustrated because I don't like to be messed with once I make up my mind (laughs) and he's like so if you're all about not having labels then why are you putting yourself in a box by saying that you can't have a routine what if you tried to have a routine and what if you love it and at first I was like you don't get it I'm a reflector you just don't understand and then I was thinking about it and rather quickly turned my mindset around into thinking I would like to challenge myself and 
I'm so inspired by that book that I just read. And Michael Singer, the author, he really lived this life of detaching himself from what he wanted and just going with the flow of what life presented. And things worked out pretty awesome for him (laughs) in just the most successful of ways, but also terrible things have happened to him and it has not gotten him down. He's just the epitome of someone who has figured out how to be a human who rides the waves of life and lives life to the fullest. So ultimately, I really want to live life to the fullest from now on. So I'm just not going to put myself into those categories. Also putting myself into the category of like, I can't do that because I, I get too tired because I'm a reflector. I take in people's energy because I also love doing so many things that I hold myself back from because of the fear of like, maybe I won't have enough energy later. Maybe I'll have to like cancel something else and just stop worrying so much and just live in the state of joy. And stop being so almost like, and I can relate to this, but in an opposite way where I'm too structured and regimented, but I'm trying not to be and just to go with the flow because I do believe in it. You said Michael Singer, that was the Mm -hmm. name of the author that like, if you, he lived life to the fullest, it's because he was open to living. And when you have like such structure and routine, yeah, it keeps you grounded and it makes you get things done, but it also inhibits you from experiencing things you wouldn't ordinarily experience that aren't in your schedule or in your planner or like be a little bit more spontaneous. And that's something that's been so nice to do and it feels more like liberating. Yes. That's exactly, exactly my thought with it because I feel like I do hold myself back from having new types of experiences because I really crave what I already know and like people I already know, friends I already have. Like I'll find myself very quick to say to someone who I've never met who wants to like meet up, like, I can't because like the whole thought stresses me out, but I mean, that's how I've met some incredible people in my life. So I need to just open up and have some space for, for newness and all the experiences I've had at the water fast and Bali have, have kind of like opened me up to thinking, I think there's more for me than I'm giving myself credit for. So I'm just going to, make some changes and see how it goes. So are you, then is your first intention to like go with the flow more? Well, I wrote it down as like approach life with joy because I, I don't know, that kind of encapsulates it for me. Like if I just look at every day as a joyful day, that includes being outside, being with people, having Mm -hmm. new experiences, not getting stuck in this mentality of like, well, I have a lot of work to do. I shouldn't make that plan. No, I don't want to do that because what if I'm tired later? Like all those kinds of things that I get kind of wrapped up in and just being more spontaneous and joyful. Like for the last week and a half since I've been back from the water fast, life has just been joyful because there's not a lot of rules that I've put on myself. So I guess maybe just like freeing myself from 
all of the rules that, that I've put on myself because I'm such a reflector type of personality and Libra and like all these things that I like define myself by. And we don't have to be so defined. Now, how does that relate then to the new like lifestyle approach you have with like SOS and plant-based eating? So like, what if, like, how does that like correlate to one another? So if you want something that's like, technically has like a little coconut oil in it. And like, you know, that that cookie like would bring you joy. How does that relate to all of this? Then, I mean, that's like the question of the century for myself (laughs) because there are, there are twofold. Like I want to live this life with joy. And part of that is this newfound health that I'm experiencing. And I am so dedicated to continuing feeling that way because it's bringing me such joy and because it's inspiring me to consider being a lot more spontaneous and like I actually have the energy to move through life in a way that makes me really happy and excited. So I don't want to like introduce a bunch of things that might make me feel sick and tired again. However, I do think joy comes first and I don't foresee myself like turning down a delicious cookie just because it has coconut oil in it. Um, So yeah, that's going to be my work because I do get so dedicated and committed, but I've learned my lesson with that. So I think I'm just in the kind of headspace where even though it's exciting to me, I'm excited to be an advocate for that lifestyle for people with autoimmune diseases and inflammation and people who haven't been able to find answers. But I've also come so far in learning that those things don't define us. So like living life has to come first. No, that's so true. And that's a good approach. I think having it because when I wasn't eating meat for five years and then I wanted to eat meat, in my head, I was like a little hesitant, like, but no, I classified myself as someone who like doesn't eat meat. Like that's just who I am. And then a few, this is also when I think when I was really learning to eat more intuitively and I was like, no, this, I have to eat the meat. Like it doesn't matter that I classified myself under that label or that category. Like it's time to move on and just be my own label of sorts. So it's interesting too, to like watch our bodies and self evolve over time um, wow. or like certain times we are, I do crave more like plant-based things. And then there's times when I crave a lot more animal products and just kind of rolling with the punches. Yes. I love that. And it's something I've given so much thought and consideration to over the last six months or so since I've leaned much more toward being plant-based and then more recently become very open about it because that's, you know, me, a huge part of my personality. Like I don't like to hold things back. It makes me feel weird. So it's just so interesting. And I've had lots of people ask me like really close friends like you and tons of my friends in LA, like, are you going to box yourself up again because like you (laughs) unboxed yourself and it's not smart to call yourself a vegan again or whatever. I've had people tell me that. And I think the ultimate thing is just doing what works, what works for you. So 
I'm not afraid to change again. And I think that's like the big shift here is like in six months, if I'm eating meat, I'm going to talk about it. And I'm just going to say like, you guys have seen me through this. Like I'm so passionate about this plant-based lifestyle. I'm also so passionate about being healthy, being fertile, which you know is like always a consideration in my mind. Um, There's a lot of things in life that are important to me um, beyond the ethical vegan movement for sure. So it's just, yeah, it's an interesting thing and something that I'm excited to learn to navigate, which is also an intention, which is just like keep creating these fun, fun for me. SOS free recipes because it's like therapy. Like we talked about this over text the other day. Like creating in the kitchen is so therapeutic. And I didn't do it for so long because I just had weird connotations around like I had an eating disorder the last time that I was a food blogger. So I I just didn't feel like being a food blogger for like four years. And it's cool to kind of come full circle. So that's an intention and just have fun with the recipes, see what happens. Yeah. So this leads me into, and we'll like continue to talk about our intentions because I know you have an awesome list. Um, but it leads me into something that we planned to talk about. So we'll talk about it now, which is like navigating eating disorders. And we've both been there. People ask me, especially with my current transitions to talk about it. So you're such, I mean, you're somebody who I look to who has such a healthy, balanced approach with food. And you're the best type of friend for somebody like me because you share that. Like you share that with me. And you, if you see me getting extreme, you'll talk to me about it, but not in a condescending way because a lot of people can be super condescending um, yeah. about this subject. So I like that we just have an open communication about it all the time. Um, So it would be very cool if you could share with our listeners what has gotten you to that point. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. I'm so happy that when I challenge you or ask you a question that you know it comes from like the best place. And it's just because I'm like genuinely curious and want to make sure that you're aware of like every like perspective and thought on something. Um, Cause I know that when I was uh, about seven years ago that I was like 95 pounds and that only I'm fortunate in the sense where that lasted for a couple of months. I had looked in the mirror. I was living in Florence of all places to be 95 pounds. Like Rachel, go eat a like, baguette and piece totally. of pizza. So funny that we had opposite experiences in Florence. Just saying because <laughs> I did gain 30 pounds. But I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed the food to the fullest. That's amazing though. Like that's what I wish that... I mean, I have no regrets because like obviously like I try and live life without them. But... I wish that I just kind of lived and enjoyed myself rather than like counting the number of almonds I was eating. But I had looked into the mirror after getting out of the shower one day and I just, I didn't look good and I knew I didn't look good and I didn't feel good. My eyes were like, so like the such bad dark circles, my boobs almost felt like inverted. Like I just had no energy, like mentally, physically, like I just felt so off. And for me personally, like I never really classify 
what my eating, like it's funny because I don't ever really say eating disorder. I always say like my disordered relationship with food because I never felt like I fell under any of the like umbrellas. Like I wasn't anorexic. I wasn't bulimic. I wasn't orthorexic. I just was in complete control over what I was eating. And it was like making me thrive to like understand that I had that sense of control over something like, wow, if I only eat eight almonds and one apple, like I'm going to lose X amount of pounds. It's more like the thrill of it. That was like so invigorating for me. And then when I had gotten home back to America, my mom greeted me with like Reese's pieces. And I was like, you know what? I am going to eat those, but I also want to eat foods that will make me feel good because before spiraling down to a low weight, my weight had fluctuated so much before that. Like I was 150 pounds, which is about 30 pounds more than I am now when I was in high school. And then went all the way down to 95 and then like went up and went down. It's like, I kept yo-yoing and I was yo-yo dieting. I was doing weight watchers. I was counting calories. I was literally looking at a label and like didn't care about anything on the label besides the calorie number and the fat number. And I was afraid of fat. I was afraid of oil. I was afraid of bread. I was afraid of everything. And I wasn't even at that time only eating healthy food. I was like eating like chewy granola bars and like whatever, like a hundred calorie pack. And when I knew that I had to gain weight, that's when I started to really pay attention to the food that I was eating. And I remember going to see a nutritionist and she had told me to like count calories still to gain weight. And I literally said to her, no, I'm not counting calories anymore. I can't do this. It's such a brain, like it just overtakes your entire mind. And it was so I could, for a while now, I look at something I don't even know how many calories are in it. But like at that time, I would look at a banana and be like, oh, okay, that has X amount. And it was so consuming. And I think it didn't happen overnight where I can approach food in a not stressful way. It's been a growing process. I would say I'm stronger now than I was a year ago. And I'm a hell of a lot stronger than I was six years ago. But still, every day, I still learn a different perspective on food and not allowing it to stress me out has just made me feel so much better because I just remind myself, it's just food. Like food is fuel. And for me, food is fun. Like I love having, I love being in the kitchen and creating new recipes and all my recipes come from things that I'm craving. And I felt like there was a gap. Like there was no recipes that I could find that were going to taste good and that I felt were made with easy and healthy ingredients and that are like, like label free. Like, yeah, I put that if it's vegan or gluten free or dairy free just for anyone with allergies or preferences. But I love that I was, I just felt free of everything being in the kitchen. But I also used to get so stressed over like social situations where like for, this is a great example actually go my cousin got engaged and I knew that they were going to be serving food at the party that like I likely wouldn't favor and I ate before I went and then I like knew I'd have dinner when I went home so like during the party in the year ago I would have been stressing out the whole time that like there was nothing for me to eat there or like nothing I wanted and blah 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 but by like preparing myself and like I went to the party, just enjoyed myself and like didn't even pay attention to the food. Next day I knew the party was over 
And I was like, Ooh, I'm kind of hungry. And then like went home and made dinner and just didn't let it consume me the whole time. Cause like, yeah, I like to live my life without the restrictions and I should have, I could have ate the food at the party, but like pigs in a blanket and like fried rice balls just isn't what makes me feel good. If they were serving like little tuna tartars or like something that I would like, of course I would have had it, but it's been nice to not allow those social situations to stress me out too. That's such a good approach and such a huge shift. And I think it's really important to realize that your disordered eating back in the day was based off of control, which is something I can totally relate to. And for so long, I too didn't really think I had an eating disorder, didn't classify it that way because I wasn't anorexic or bulimic or, I mean, I didn't know orthorexia existed But once I learned about it, it sounded just about what I was doing. However, when I look back on it, it wasn't just orthorexia. It was like a bit of anorexia because there was so much control. Like, just like you're saying, if I manipulate what I'm putting into my body, I'm just going to keep shrinking. And it's like this huge thrill. And people ask me now, how can you do something like a water fast, for example, with having that history? And it's something that is so personal to each person. I wouldn't be able to tell someone if you've been recovered from orthorexia or anorexia for five years, you can do a water fast. That's so not true. It's so much more about this, the mental state that you're in and the support system that you have and just your approach to to life and to food and why are you doing a fast? Um, is your life debilitated by a chronic health concern? Because if it is, then does that outweigh the potential negative mental effects of fasting? So for me, it was such a no-brainer. Like A... It's been four years since I have recovered. I did extensive therapy. I feel just like I don't, I just learned so much. I was so young when I treated my body so poorly. And then I watched for four years how I couldn't get back to normal because everything was so messed up. So I wouldn't choose to do that again now that I know what I know. And we both know the importance of like Elisa Vitti's work and the struggle of like what happens to a woman's body after it's deprived. So that's such a huge, such a huge um, part of my life now that I can't ever see myself going back to severe deprivation. And then my life was just so affected by the health issues that I've had this year for the last several years that I was very eager to try something that seemed like it worked for a ton of people. So I did it and thank God for an amazing support system because doing a long water fast makes you feel like you're going to go insane. Um, Not just because you're not eating, but because you can't move, you have no energy, you're totally bedridden, you can't work, you can't really talk on the phone because you're not supposed to talk that much. And that's a lot. So 
just kind of knowing the life that I was coming back to and being really excited about that got me through. And also what I was telling you the other day, how I listened to that podcast with the dietitian Shira, who I should definitely have on. And I listened to this at the perfect time during kind of the end of my fast. I think I was just starting to have juice again. And Mm -hmm. I was kind of feeling like, because you do gain so much control when you haven't eaten in a couple weeks. And I, I love control. Like ever since I was a child, my parents talk about me having that element of my personality that made it really easy for me to develop an eating disorder because I can control things like in my perfect little way, very just, it comes very natural to me. So, um, I heard Shira at, at this point in the end of my fast on a podcast say something like food should never stress us out and we should the focus should always be like being kind to our bodies and it's such a shame when people aren't kind to their bodies and we've both been there and it just hit me so hard and almost made me cry when I heard it because I felt like okay, I know how I'm going to approach my refeeding period and my life moving forward. And it's just kindness for myself and for this body that works so hard for me. So that's my approach. To me, it totally works and everybody's so different. So it's interesting. Okay, guys, so just a brief interruption during this conversation with the incredible Rachel Mansfield to tell you guys about our second sponsor for today's episode, who I am completely obsessed with, as you know, Thrive Market. So Thrive Market is this incredible online marketplace where you can shop for all of our favorite favorite premium goods at a very, very low price. So from 25% to 50% off shopping Thrive Market, how amazing is that? And that's because they go directly to the brand. There's no middleman. So many of our favorite brands are on there, which I will tell you about in a second. But first, I need you to know that you can literally try $60 worth of free product from Thrive Market just by going to thrivemarket.com slash blonde. That's thrivemarket.com slash B-L-O-N-D-E for our incredible Soul on Fire podcast tribe. And that's an amazing deal. So $60 of free groceries, free shipping, and a 30-day trial on their website just by going there. So let me tell you a couple of my current favorite things on Thrive Market. I've been back very into my eating evolved chocolate ever since I have been off of my water fast. And Rachel was making fun of me for this, not during the podcast recording, but at a different time because I somehow lived without chocolate for basically a month between the water fast, the refeeding period, and the period leading up to the water fast. And she was just teasing me all the time, like, don't you miss it? Because we both love chocolate so much. And of course, 
I missed it so much. And I'm on this salt, oil, sugar-free journey right now. So luckily, Eating Evolved has their midnight dark chocolate, which has no sugar in it whatsoever. It's just dark cacao, just the way I like it with some coconut shreds. And you can get that on thrivemarket.com. So that's one thing I'm loving. I'm also using a ton of nutritional yeast in all of my cooking right now because I'm not using salt and I'm not using oil. So I've been making this incredible, I guess it's a salad dressing or you could use it as like a topping for vegetables or a sauce, but it definitely works well as a salad dressing. I use the juice of one whole lemon, a ton of nutritional yeast, and like two tablespoons of tahini, which you can also buy on thrivemarket.com. So try that out. I'm calling it the Balanced Blonde SOS Free Dressing. So good. So tell me if you try it and if you like it. Head to thrivemarket.com slash blonde to get your $60 worth of free groceries, free shipping, and a free 30-day trial. I feel like you had approached this all from, you came at this from your water fast and talking about from a different perspective. Like it wasn't you just staring in the mirror being like, damn, like I could want to lose weight. Like, let me go do a water fast. Like you had other issues that like were your, are your priority in healing them. So I think that, cause the first thing I said to myself was like, oh my God, I would have an anxiety attack if I did that. Like, I feel like I would like almost relapse in a sense. But I think that you have such a sense of motivation to help your fibroids, your rashes that you like, that's all the priority for you. So I think that you just come at this from a different place than other people. And like you've stressed so many times to people, like not everyone can do this. Like, don't try this at home. Like you need to be approved to do this. And I think it's important that people know that you can't just do a two week water fast in your bedroom Mm -hmm. and like think that you're going to like come out feeling alive again. And like, it just no, doesn't work like that. Yeah, not at all. You're so right. You're so right about the priority being with my health because people would ask me before I left, like, how much weight are you going to lose? Are you going to look scary? And that was such a secondary, not even secondary, like a 10th, 11th, 12th type of <laughs> thought in my mind. I was like, I don't know. I'm just not thinking about that. Like, cause I don't care. Cause I mean, I knew I would gain a healthy amount back and I knew that I trusted the doctors to not let me get to an unhealthy point. So I just didn't think about it. They don't even have full length mirrors at True North. I could only see my face. So I never like looked at myself and we had to weigh ourselves. And that was also healing for me because I didn't like to step on a scale for years. And here... I was stepping on the scale twice a day and reporting to a doctor for reasons that had nothing to do with like my outer appearance. It was all just about like, you're here on this journey, you're taking care of yourself, you're being monitored. How much do you weigh? And it was just like, this is how much, like every day. And it was just an interesting experiment for me. And now I'm home and like have no desire to weigh myself. So I can see how far I've come. I used to be addicted to the scale. Same. Oh, I would, 
like weigh myself before dinner and then weigh myself after dinner. Me too. It doesn't work like that. And Jordan literally used to say to me, it's like, Rachel, go take a shit and then you'll go back down. Like Mm -hmm. he would be like, you're ridiculous. Like you cannot weigh yourself so much. And I don't even know how much I weigh now. Like I haven't weighed myself in probably close to two years. I just, even when I'm at the doctor, like I just don't look because I just Mm -hmm. like, not because I'm like scared. I just don't care to know. And I always judge everything by like how my pants fit. Mm -hmm. And especially in the last couple of months, like I have gained weight and it's something that I've If this was two years ago, I would have been freaking out, like having an anxiety attack over this. But now I'm like, okay, whatever. Like I took my favorite pair of black jeans that do not button and I put them in the pile and like I sold them on Poshmark and I I got rid of them. I'm like, there are other black jeans in the world that I can fit. Like there's no reason why I need to stress out over these, which was really liberating. And like in the past, I would have woken up the next day and like, cut what I was eating in half or like ate less and literally ate whatever the heck I wanted that day. Like I just am moving on. And I think because there's so many other things in my life right now that are consuming me, especially just like health wise that I don't care. Like I have so many other things going on that the pants that I used to wear and the weight that I, whatever it was that I used to be just isn't relevant to me anymore. And everything's replaceable, but the only thing that's not replaceable is your body. So if, and I didn't gain weight by sitting here eating bonbons. Like I'm literally just listening to my body and eating what I wanted. And if that's how it's going to respond, that's how it's going to respond. Exactly. So I think the common theme here is weight and outer appearance not being the priority. And when you take that off the table and you're focusing on your health, for example, and the longevity of your body and what's happening on the inside of your body. You just make decisions for such different reasons. And I, for one, feel a lot more sane around food. And now I completely understand this time around how you can be a food blogger, for example, or how anyone can be. Because I didn't understand the first time that I tried because I was like not in a healthy place. But that all was so much more about what was happening in my my life at that time. So many struggles, which anybody who reads my book will know it's it wasn't ever about really food. It was just like controlling my life. Now I see, because remember I used to ask you like, what do you even do with all that food? How do you even have so much around? And Everyone asked me that. <laughs> right. But I was so curious. And now I see, like, I made those brownies that I keep posting about. And, like, I'm just eating them. And my family's eating them. And, like, there's no crazy issues happening over here. Where in the past, I literally would have, like, had to get rid of them immediately for fear that I wouldn't have control around them. And like, I'm eating them for breakfast now on top of smoothies and they're good. So I don't it's know. funny you say that because right now on my counter, I have three desserts that I recipe tested today. And everyone always says like, how do you not eat them all? Like, where do they go? And I'm like, what do you mean? Where do they go? Like, do you think I throw them out? Like I eat them, What I don't want to eat, I give away. I bring to my yoga instructor. I bring to my class instructor. I bring to a friend. Like I share everything. Like it's not humanly possible for anyone 
to sit there and house an entire like cookie pie or like eight cinnamon rolls. Like that's not good for anyone in one day. And like I'll freeze some of it. And like people are just always making comments like that. And like, I actually screenshotted this before because I wanted to bring it up in our conversation that last week on my stories, I posted, it was like my breakfast or my lunch or something. And another like food blogger wrote, like replied to my story and literally said, and I quote, I don't know how you don't weigh 500 pounds, LOL, with the way you eat. You must have an incredible metabolism. God bless. And I was like... Passive aggressive. Yeah. And I responded just... It was a piece of bread with um, two pasture-raised eggs and some avocado with like a couple of like mini hash browns. And in my head, I'm like, I don't think that that's like that much. Like if that's a lot for someone else, that's... I respect that. I would never make a comment about it. And I had just said, like, I was like, yeah, like, it's just a piece of bread, like whatever, whatever. (laughs) It's not much to me, but like, that's also why I don't post like what I ate in a day blog post. And that's the number one most requested thing from people is to share what I eat in a day. I just don't think that the way that I'm eating and fueling my body is the way that they need to eat or the way that everyone else should be eating. And I mean, then, then the, the person has said that, well, some people just can't eat 500 calories for breakfast. And I'm like, well, some people also just don't count. I didn't say this. I'm like, some people just don't count calories. Right. Like, I don't. So I have no idea how many that is. And, and then I, after she said that, I was like, maybe I'm going to add that up and see how much it is. And it wasn't even that much. So it was just kind of like, I don't know. I feel like you can't judge a book by its cover and you can't just like assume that if someone's posting like a plate of brownies that they're sitting there watching Real Housewives eating every single brownie. Like I always give myself like a two, like I have two servings, like no more than two servings. So I know that like, I'm not going to feel good if I have more than that in a sitting. So if I have cookies, depending on the size, like sometimes it'll be two, sometimes it'll be three, just if they're like small, whatever. But I know that if I go back for another serving, I'm not going to feel good. No one's going to feel good eating that many cookies. So just like not getting so consumed with, I can't eat this. I can't eat this. This is too many calories. Like, oh my God, I can't make cookies because I can't have them around. Like, how do you keep nut butter in the pantry without eating it all? You just don't eat it all. Right. Plus like let yourself. I actually think this, yeah, this is actually what I think. You have to let yourself eat it all. So that way you don't want to eat it all again. There's been times I take too many spoonfuls of peanut butter or almond butter or whatever it is. And I didn't feel good. So I knew the next time not to do that again, like to not like overeat something, which has been such an awesome learning lesson. I know. Oh my God. I know. I have so much to say about everything you just said, starting with um, that with, uh, oh God, where do I want to start? Because there's so much, (laughs) so much that I relate to. Okay. A, what I ate in a day. I've been wanting to do that lately because a lot of people have been requesting it, especially with the new SOS free whole lifestyle that I'm doing. Um, but I'm very hesitant because of judgment. And I also don't want to make other people feel like what I'm eating is what they should be eating. And right now, I mean, whatever I'm doing is perfect for my body. I have no idea if it's like too much food for someone else or not enough 
for another person. So I feel funny sharing it, but I also think it's interesting to share. Like I I like to see other people's, but not because I want to copy them just because it's so interesting to see how different everybody is. Um, Secondly, when I made those brownies the other day, I tried to make them without baking soda because I, I don't know, I thought I could and they wouldn't bake and like this whole thing happened. So I ended up tasting them like 600 times and by the end of the whole process had eaten so, so much of it because I had to keep tasting it. Plus it was good. So not only did I have to keep tasting it, I like wanted to and was so full for so long (laughs) that I just felt like, okay, I I see why I wouldn't want to do this again. Where in the past, like I would have lost control around those brownies and like guiltily eaten so much and felt sick. This time it was just like, okay, I, yeah. Why would I want to make myself feel sick by continuing to have more? So that's important. And then finally, the last comment I have of everything that you're saying is I do not like the judgment from others about what oh. someone else is eating. It's just not okay to, to make comments like that. And I get them all the time as well. It's not okay to say stuff like that on social media. I just don't think it is. So I'm just going to go, go out there on a limb and say, it's just not okay. And I had somebody say to me about the brownie recipe that I put up a couple days ago, they counted up the amount of sugar that would be in the whole entire recipe because of the 10 dates that are in the whole recipe. So if there are 15 grams of sugar in one date, then there's 150 grams of sugar in this recipe. And I just, I was, I didn't know what to say. So I just said, yeah, I see that you counted up every single gram of sugar in the whole recipe, but it's not meant to be eaten in one sitting. So that's all. I mean, it's just, it's just ignorant, ignorant comments like that. And I guess people just don't, don't know how they're affecting someone on the other side of the screen. We can handle it because we're used to it. But I mean, I have compassion for people like myself five and a half years ago who probably couldn't handle it. And that's, I mean, I know that the, my friend who made the comment to me, like, I love and respect her. Like, I know she didn't mean it in an ill-mannered way, but as I'm reading it, I'm like, people need to watch what they say to people because it's just, you don't know. Like, what if, like, I was like mentally still not okay with like accepting the foods that I'm eating or like, what if I wasn't like really as strong eating intuitively? Like, she doesn't know. Like, it just people are so judgmental and it's like, just stay in your own lane. If that is too much food for you in one sitting, that's totally fine. Don't eat it. And I think everyone just needs to remember like, and this fault, like the comparison trap is real in every instance of our lives. Like you can't compare what other people are eating to what you're eating. And I'm not an RD. I'm not a nutritionist. Like I can't tell you what to eat. I have no idea. I'm still teaching myself what to eat half the time. So it's such a struggle to find that how much to voice and how much to show. Because then the next day I didn't show as much of my food because I was a little apprehensive. I'm like, damn, if this person thought that, is everyone else thinking that? Totally. I know. I started doing that too. And that's why I don't 
feel comfortable yet sharing what I ate in a day because at least if you're not sharing everything that you ate, people can't tear you down for your diet in general because they are not with you 24-7. But if you willingly put yourself out there to share that, then they can make judgments and... I just will have to make sure personally I'm in a good space for that if I ever choose to do that. Yeah. Or you could even do like a one I ate in a week and it could be like a highlight of your five favorite things that you ate. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't need to just be what you ate on Tuesday. For sure. Because every day is so different. Yesterday, I was thinking if I had shared my yesterday food diary I would get so much hate because it didn't look like that much food. But then for breakfast alone today, I think I made up for it. So it's just like every day is so different. Yeah, that's something that I personally need to get better at. And when Jordan, like my husband Jordan listens to this, he's going to be like laughing because he tells me this all the time that I get in such like um, such a creature of habit that I always think that if I ate something one day, like I have to eat it the next day or like I crave the same things. Like, oh, remember I was telling you about the caramelized banana thing yesterday? Yes. When I tell you that that is my favorite snack ever, like it's so, it's my favorite thing to eat right now with like nut butter, like some granola on top and like on a toast or rice crackers, however you want to eat it. And I started making it in the winter. And when I went home this past weekend, my dad was like, how many times a week do you make that? And I just started laughing. I was like, honestly, like, I have no idea, like as much as I can. Um, But I get into such like a habit or like a phase, like Jordan always calls it a Rachel phase where I eat like zucchini every single day and then killed zucchini. Like now I eat it sometimes, but I don't eat it every day. And that's probably what I'm going to be doing with Japanese sweet potato fries. Like I'm eating them every single day that they're going to be done. So in like two months max, but I need to do better at variety. We are the same in that respect. And lately, I know lately I have to say I've been pretty good about it because after a water fast food is so exciting to me and to anyone after a water fast that like variety is very exciting. So I don't want to have the same thing every day. And that's been really cool for me. So in so many ways, water fasting has enhanced my relationship with food in a way that people could hardly begin to understand because it's hard to explain. But I'm just like really appreciative of the variety of fruits and vegetables and grains and legumes and food out there. So like yesterday at Trader Joe's, I found myself buying fruits that I have not actively like sought out in a store in years, like papaya, 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 mango, frozen strawberries, like things that I just don't usually buy. I know that you don't eat strawberries, but no, you probably can't tell via Skype my face is bright red because I drank a kombucha with raspberry in it and I'm having like an allergic reaction. Oh no. Yeah. You have that allergy. I technically have a blueberry allergy, but I eat blueberries all the time. So I don't know. Hopefully it's not causing my issues. 
That would be crazy. I saw you got the cauliflower gnocchi from Trader Joe's. It's, Did you try it? Oh, I, yes. I had it for dinner last night and for lunch today. It's so good and it's so easy. Like I just sauteed it because I'm obviously not doing oil. Sauteed it in water and um, thyme and nutritional yeast with a bunch of different vegetables. It cooks in like five minutes. It tastes amazing. I mean, it's pretty unanimous. Even people like my parents who would totally love traditional gnocchi think that it tastes really good. So yeah, that was the hit of that photo that I posted today. That was not my plan, but everybody was like, oh my God, the gnocchi. It's so oh good. my God, I want to try it. You Cauliflower is one of the things that I killed for me. So I haven't had it in a while, but I want to try it again. Yeah. So since we could talk about everything forever, um, tell us about a few more of your intentions and we can um, continue to get inspired by what you're intending to do this month. The next one is to don't react to people when they are rude or negative. And as my mom always says, kill them with kindness. So this could be with like, a friend, it could be with a stranger, really anyone. Like if someone is rude to me or not nice to me, just move on. And they are who they are. It is what it is. Like it's out of my control and just be as kind as I can to other people, because I think that that'll make me feel better rather than me like yelling at someone back. And I actually experienced this a couple weeks ago. I might've told you this story already, but that someone like basically verbally assaulted me and I was devastated. And instead of me like yelling and screaming back to them, I just sat there and in my head was like, Oh, what a lunatic. What did they (laughs) say to you? It was a really, I can tell, I'll go and I can tell you after, I don't want to go into like, that's that's like in my life. And I just sat there and then eventually I started crying, but like, in the past, even a few months ago, I would have been screaming at them, like yelling at them, like, don't speak to me like that. Like, and I just sat there like, mm-hmm. okay. And it felt so good. I mean, granted, I did reach the point of like hysterics and tears, but I felt so good that I wasn't in the wrong in the situation. And I had nothing to feel guilty about, which was so amazing. Love that so much. I'm going to implement that into my list for this month as well, because I didn't originally have that written down, but that's so important. And it's another big perspective shift that came to me while I was fasting was just like, we don't, we don't have to be a part of that negativity. It just doesn't have to be a part of our lives. And I'm practicing that a lot on social media right now because getting negative comments, which just happens, you know, mostly every day for one reason or another. My new thing is to just delete and block immediately without engaging at all, where before I'd be very quick to try to explain myself or, you know, reason with someone, try to make a new friend out of a bad situation. But no, any negativity is just like literally not existing to me right now. So that's positive. I I love love that. that. And especially on 
social media, like people always make comments about everything. And like, like you were saying before, even like other bloggers make comments or readers make comments or whatever. And I, I get it. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but I'm so happy that you're deleting and blocking them. Cause I have always done that. Like if someone is making something that like a rude comment, I'm like, I spam them. I'm like, I don't need you. Like go away. Even other bloggers that like make fake accounts and then comment on other people's stuff. And I block them too. And it's great. And it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Like I don't need people's negative energy, especially when like I'll post a picture of eggs or feta cheese or something. And then I have all these crazies telling me that like, I'm eating something disgusting. I'm like, okay, you have to go. Yep, exactly. They aren't meant to be in your force field. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I feel. Um, What's your next intention? Ooh, I love this one. Okay. Take time for yourself and away from work more. And I put in parentheses city days with mom. So I've been really, really bad at like taking time off a day or like an afternoon or anything. And the last few weeks, I've been taking at least one day during the week where for the first half of the day, I just do whatever I want, whether that's like, go get a manicure, go to acupuncture, take a workout class, or go to lunch with a friend, like anything. And just like getting out there and like not being in the kitchen, not being on email, nothing, and just focusing on myself and what I actually want to do has been so awesome and really like refuels and rejuvenates me more because I was having like burnout where I was so tired all the time. And this was at the end of last year. Like even my brother said to me, like, you look like shit last year. And I was like, thanks, Seth. Mm. But it's just nice to take some time for myself and not just be stressing over work and just knowing that work isn't going anywhere. I'm not a cancer doctor. Like no one, like nothing that Mm. I do is urgent. Nothing. Yeah. That's my business. Taking that, <laughs> t- yes, taking that urgency off the table is so important. I'm, I'm seeing a big theme with your intentions, which is like just being kinder to yourself and not stressing about the urgency. And it's very hard as an entrepreneur and type A, and like somebody who's taken on a lot. It's so hard. But it's the most important thing. And speaking from a point of extreme burnout, doing something that I love, it's very possible for that to happen if you don't take time for yourself. So I love that you're actively making that one of your intentions very much. Thank you. I like it too. I like it a lot. Um, I think you'll like my next intention. So this one is very new for me. um, And anyone who knows me will know this. I'm putting myself on a budget and it's like an experimental budget and Jonathan and I are doing it together. So we haven't come up with the amount each week, but like the only thing I really spend money on is food. And I take that very seriously. I mean, I shop at Erewhon. People are like, who shops at Erewhon for their groceries? I'm like, I do because I just, (laughs) I just trust it and I love it and whatever. But since I've been here in Sacramento, I have experimented a bit. Well, I've been cooking like every single meal at home, not like every single meal, but every single meal <laughs> and, um, and shopping at Trader Joe's and just kind of really noticing 
the savings and not just running out because I haven't been in LA in basically two months. And so I'm seeing now what I do is like I run out for like an $8 coffee, a $14 smoothie. Like I do this all day, every day. And so not doing that has given me a lot of perspective. So I'm going to do an experiment with a budget and I'm going to make it like really low because you know, I do things all out and just see how it goes. Um, So I'm going to shop at Trader Joe's because I find it to be the most cost effective with still like premium organic type of produce and all that Um, and cook for Jonathan and I at home, like at least five nights a week, if not more, and just see what we can do. And then like really put nothing to waste. And even if that means not having as exciting of a dinner as I want to, just not being so focused on the immediate, like I always am. And just looking at the big picture of like, it's okay to have leftovers. It's okay to have like a not exciting, not photogenic bowl of vegetables with lentils. Like if that's what I have. So just not being such a princess who has to like get food from the hot food bar at Erewhon after yoga every night just because I'm used to it. So that's it. That's amazing. That's my favorite intention of yours ever because, you know, I'm like such a stickler with spending money. And like, I like to say I'm like a classy, cheap person because I am really cheap. And unless I'm like on the sidewalk dying of thirst, like I won't even buy a water bottle. Um, we are so different. I know, but like I do splurge on like my daily kombucha and other random things, but that's so exciting. And I can't wait to see what that's going to do for you and your bank account. It's going to be amazing. I mean, not to mention, like I took two months off. I mean, I've worked so hard for, for so many years. Like it's not even a passing thought to me right now because I don't have, I mean, I don't, have a house. Like I don't have like a mortgage or anything. I don't have big things to worry about right now. Um, but having not worked in two months puts things into perspective. I do have awesome podcast sponsors every week, which has made me realize I'm working way too hard in my daily life because taking two months off and still having a weekly income just shows me like how I got so burnt out. Cause it's so true. Yeah. It's I mean, like silly. I said to my mom yesterday, actually, we were in Trader Joe's Best and place. I was about to register and she's always like, she always asked me like, how work's going or how things are going. And I was like, good. Like I actually haven't accepted like a new piece of business in a while. And she's like, and I was like, it's making me a little anxious, but it's also kind of nice. Cause I'm like, if I don't do any more new business for the next couple months, I'm in a really good place. Like I don't, need to always be like hungry for more. And like to my point before, like I was so burned out last year that it's kind of nice to not be constantly working and constantly trying to like please a brand that I'm working with and prioritizing the brands that I am working with and that I'm going to collaborate with on a longer term basis. Exactly. Yes. That's what I really learned like from this time off is like the brands who I have had ongoing partnerships with. And even though I've been traveling and not working, like I've been in communication with them and planning for things. It's 
Mm-hmm. I just was putting too much pressure on myself to do a lot more than that and a lot more external things. And not only did I get inspired to create things, which I've told you about, which will put me in a position to not even have to work with as many brands as I have been. I really enjoy the ones that I'm working with now. Like I love them, love the people, love the product. I'm not super actively stressing about adding on to that plate, just like you're saying. And it's really nice. And I mean, I know we've both worked hard to get to that point. Like we should definitely say that because there will be people listening who, you know, can't wait to be in a position like that. And I was like that for years. And I know you were like, we've worked really hard and we, we will continue to, but I had to have not to keep talking so rapidly. I see you like almost saying something, but I'll (laughs) say one more thing. My, I had to have a huge conversation with my dad when I was in Bali, like we FaceTimed and I was hysterical, like the most hysterical I've ever been because in a meditation I had massive realization that the pressure that he puts on himself just like nothing's enough for him financially with work like he he would work himself to his grave he'd be the first to say that like that has transferred on to me and every day of my adult life is him asking me how much money I'm making and like it's a joke but it's not a joke and I had to tell him like that can't be our relationship anymore I don't want to ever hear that question again so that's just not what I want my life to be and that's, I mean, he would agree. Like he has lost a lot of happiness because of just being so hard on himself in the most unnecessary ways. And I just had to say like, is that what you want for me? Cause I doubt it. So I just, I don't, I don't want that. And it's very, very, very hard for him to, to learn like the boundaries now. Cause it's just his personality, but it's important. No, it's so true. And I can relate to that like to a T, but it's when I was first starting and for anyone who doesn't know, I was fired from my job, which is what led me to do this full pursue my blog full time. And when I was in Boston a couple weeks ago for one of my events, someone was asking me about how I work with brands and how all that stuff goes. And like, do you pitch yourself to brands? Like, how does that happen? And I'm like, yeah, for the first two years, I pitched myself to every brand. Like I would email them and be like, hi, my name's Rachel, like attaches my media kit. Like, this is what I can provide for you and your brand. Um, I'd love to chat with you, blah, blah, blah. And now for the first time I'm in a place where I haven't pitched myself to a brand in months. And it's so nice to kind of have that hard work that paid off because, because of me pitching to those brands, that's why I have these ongoing brand partnerships with them because I reached out to them for the most part and established a relationship. And instead of now finding new ones, I'm trying to maintain and grow current ones because at the same time, how many products can we actually introduce to our audiences? And it's like as a consumer, I get overwhelmed, like trying to pick something out. So I can't even imagine if someone is posting about eight types of plant-based protein powder, like 
how are they going to know what to choose? And for me personally, like I try and stick to two brands within each category. And so it's not overwhelming. Yeah. And it's not overwhelming for me or for the consumer because by the time and like not doing like one-off posts, but by the time you get to know a brand and their products and what they believe in and everything after doing one post and then not posting about them again, it makes no sense. Like my, like my community will never see them again. And that's just so silly. Like, why would I even introduce them? In the I first know. Place? I agree. That's so smart. I mean, I'm learning from you because I think that two in each category rule is so brilliant. I haven't heard it put that way and I haven't thought about it that way, but I agree. And I recently had a situation where I was like talking to this brand, so excited to introduce them to my audience. They're super nice. Their product is amazing. But as I was explaining it to Jonathan, he pointed out to me how they're the same product, just a different brand of one of my just most longtime supportive sponsors. I just, I was like, really? Because he received the product. He's at my apartment. I obviously haven't been there in a long time. And um, he he was, so he saw it and said like, you can't do that. That's like not okay. And at first I was going to justify it. Like, no, there's room for competition. It's fine. But then I thought, no, no, I'm like so loyal to them. And I know they would be to me as well. I mean, if they had to be, they don't, they don't have to be. I'm curious. I'll definitely tell you. Um, And I would love to find a way to work with this other brand in a different scope, but I just can't make it. So I just, yeah, I hope that they come out with other products down the line that are not so the exact same as something that I'm already really loyal to. Um, So we'll have to see. I mean, the other thing is like, there are trendy things right now. Adaptogens are one of them and like adaptogenic this, adaptogenic that. And that's kind of the, the boat that it falls into. But um, yeah, I'll tell you when we're off. But for everybody else listening, it's just good to know that this is something that we think about. Like it's something that's important and there's a lot of thought that goes into the brands that we do end up working with Oh yeah, um, now more than ever. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more that goes behind a sponsored post than, than many people know. And now it's actually one of my other intentions is say no to collaborations that don't serve me. How um, can they? Yes. You know I how I feel. some food when I was going through all this. That's so funny. My next intention is to enjoy warm weather and go outside for at least one hour a day. Love that. Oh, it's beautiful. I know it's so nice that it's getting... No, I was going to say it's so exciting that it's getting nice in New York because that's, I know you guys have to wait all winter for that. Yeah, pretty much. And I don't have a deck or a patio or anything, just part of living in an apartment. So for me, it's nice to go out in the morning and stretch my legs and that's when I'll run errands or like do something just to make sure that I do get fresh air during the day. Otherwise, I'll just stay here and like be in the kitchen all day, go on my laptop. Next thing you know, it'll be like 730 and I hadn't seen the light of day. So 
no, I'm with you. That's so important. And I find it really easy to do that here in Sacramento when I'm home. Cause like I have my parents who are both home all day. So I'm like, Oh, let's go on a walk to the river. Let's spend some time together. But when it's yeah. just me in my apartment and like me and Hudson, it can feel like I don't give myself that time because I just keep working and it's so important. It, it lifts the whole spirit, the whole mood. When it's isolating to like stay inside, like if you work from home all day, like, and that's why another one of my intentions is to call at least one friend a day because hopefully as I'm getting fresh air, yeah. because it's just nice to connect with people when I don't connect with anyone all day in, at my office. <laughs> I know. I'm with you on that. I I really isolated myself this last six months because I like didn't want to see anybody. I was in a really bad place and really inspired to surround myself with people moving forward. And I told you I hired my friend Carlin and I'm really looking forward to breaking up the week by having her around and working in coffee shops and at Soho house and like things that I just didn't do at all because I was just like, no, I'm sick. I have to stay in bed for six months. I put myself in that stupid box. I mean, it wasn't even by choice. It was a necessity. So I'm really happy to not be feeling that way right now. Is Carlin the person I met at Whole Foods? Oh, that was Chloe. Um, Um, Chloe is also an amazing friend. She's going to be an acupuncturist. So she's like doing her all that stuff. But Carlin, no, I don't think you've met her, but you will. She was my little sister in Alpha Phi, one of my two. And um, she is, she quit her job like, I don't know, six, seven, eight months ago and has gotten like really, really, really spiritual. And not only that, before she quit her job, I had a vision of her when I was in Kundalini and I saw her like in this white, yellow light and I saw us doing all this stuff together. And I told her like, I'm not sure what's going on in your life, but there's like spirits surrounding you. And I saw you in a vision So it's like very naturally unfolded for us to be working together. And she's literally like soul on fire doing her thing. We were in Bali at the same time. She's just... Oh, this one. Okay. Yeah, she's she's awesome. So she will be helping me not be so isolated when I'm working. That's so exciting. I know. Do you have any others on your list? My last one is continue to focus on balancing my hormones. And I wrote, keep up the great work. What a loser. No, Uh, I'm all for, you need to congratulate yourself. You've been working so hard on this. Yeah. And there's obviously so much that I don't share for obvious reasons, but I can't wait until the day that I can share everything that I'm doing and going through right now. Um, But I'm so cautious about what I share and how much I do because not everything that I share is about me. It has to do with like other people in my life. And I think that it'll be really great to put it all together once there's 
light at the end of the tunnel. And I, did I tell you about my video montage idea? Yes. I love that idea more than anything. Well, I'm overjoyed for you to be able to share everything that you've been going through. And I think it's going to be soon because I think things are just going to shape up really soon. Thanks. I hope so. But definitely it's been a rough last few months. But the thought of being able to help other people in the future for the sake of sounding like so lame and cheesy, it excites me so much for when I finally can share everything that I'm going through. Yeah, that doesn't sound lame at all. That's why that's I wholeheartedly believe that is why we are challenged to go through these things with our health because we have the ability to not only inspire the people in our lives, our immediate lives, but through your platform, like you'll be able to inspire so many people and it's a gift. And that's all part of surrendering to the universe is, okay, I surrender universe to this health journey you're taking me on because I see now that I will heal myself and heal so many others in the process. No, it's so true. And as my mom says, everything happens for a reason. And obviously there's some things that happen and you don't know the reason, but for the most part, things happen for for a reason. <laughs> yeah, they do. Not, they do. But even when their reason is tough to figure out, it is, no, this is going to be a catalyst for you. It's all part of your journey. Thanks. I'm excited. Me too. Well, I'll let you go because it's like almost, no, I was going to say almost dinner time, but you do not eat early in New York, but um, I will let you go. But first I will tell you, ask you what color represents your energy today. Is it weird if I say green? Cause I hate green. No, but that's I feel my like favorite green color. is like, I don't know, maybe cause I'm sitting next to all my plants. Yeah. And it goes with your intention of spending more time outdoors. Exactly. I think because it's like nice out and feeling like alive again, but I don't really like the color green. So I still stick with the color white as my color of the year. Yeah. Purity, universal love. It's so good. Yay. Well, you'll be back on the podcast really soon. We want to do a double date (laughs) podcast with Jordan and Jonathan. I told Jordan that he's going to do it and he said, okay. Hell yes. Okay, well, let's plan it for this summer. And everybody listening, don't forget to go put the 100 emoji on Rachel's Instagram to wish her a happy birthday. Her her real birthday is June 2nd. But you can wish her one when this comes out just a few days later. And then if you want to see our double date podcast, then um, comment a pink heart emoji with the sparkles on it and comment that on our Instagrams and we'll just show Jonathan and Jordan and be like, guys, we don't have a choice. It's happening. Jordan's going to have to like take a shot of tequila. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a hilarious thing like to have the boys on because they're just not never used to it. And that's what makes it fun. Jonathan's good at it though, because I listened to the podcast with him interviewing you and he's really good at it. He is. He prefers to interview me. He would much prefer to not have to answer the questions because he's so private. 
Like he would very happily like not share publicly ever, but he's just a really good sport because this is this is part of his life. So many comments on my pictures. I know. Oh, he loves your food. He actually um, gave you to me a compliment yesterday because we were when I was in Trader Joe's. I was on the phone with him, and we were just talking about like influencers who are authentic and he um we were talking about people some people who aren't who like I follow some yoga bloggers who like have gotten really narcissistic and it's weird to to watch um and he said but people like Rachel and Kelly and you and stuff are so authentic and you just like know them from afar I'm like yeah exactly Thanks, boyfriend. I appreciate it. He's the best. <laughs> it's true. So tell everybody listening where they can find you. Sure. So my Instagram is Rachel L. Mansfield. So Rachel without the E and Rachel. And my blog is rachelmansfield.com. And I have a cookbook coming out in a eternity, realistically, like two years. Um, but I'm sure I'll be on the podcast before then. But Jordan told me I have to start telling people. So I'm listening to him and I'm telling people. Yeah. Get the hype up. Well, I like, I like that it's in your Instagram bio as a hype. I mean, that's like something people will see every time they go to your profile. I think that's smart. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks everyone for listening. We love you guys. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Rachel. We always laugh because people will say to us, are you guys really good friends in real life or are you just social media friends? And we crack up because we are real friends. We're so close. I talk to Rachel more than I talk to almost any other person in my life, um, probably because our schedules are so similar our lifestyles and our careers are so similar and we are similar in the sense that we keep up constant communication and we just like to, you know, keep each other posted on our lives. I love her. I value our friendship so much. I value that she keeps me in check with my eating habits and everything else. She's so balanced and I just look up to her in so many ways. And, um, yeah, we're looking on trips to go on for double date trip this summer. So tell us guys and girls if you have any recommendations. So thank you again for listening. Be sure to try our sponsors. We have Omax 3, the incredible omega-3 supplement where you can go to tryomax.com slash blonde to get a free box and try it. We also have Thrive Market where you can go to thrivemarket.com slash blonde to get $60 worth of free groceries. So check them out, support them. We love the sponsors of this show. And if you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast, of course, email me your screenshot. I'll send you the blogging tips and tricks document and I will enter you to win a gift basket of a bunch of my favorite things, books that I'm loving right now, products that I'm loving, all that good stuff and join our Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook. Really fun, incredible group of humans and guys and girls are both welcome. 
we have a lot of women, but I occasionally meet some men who are in there and it makes me really happy too. We do not discriminate. So thank you again. And come tell me on Instagram what color you feel best represents your energy today. And I will know that you have listened to the podcast and it will make me happy. Today, I feel white. I feel just a bright white, happy light emanating out of me. It feels really good. So can't wait to hear what color you are. Come tell me on Instagram, The Balanced Blonde. Love you guys. Thank you for being here and we'll talk soon.